Hi everyone, it's Liz and welcome to the Liz period. I hope you guys are doing great. I haven't been active for the past month because I've been super busy in regards to so many new things that are going on, not just that whole hang, but I actually have a new position in a new company as well um, that I haven't started myself, I haven't found on myself. I've been brought on to really bring my experience and add it to that team. Um, but that said, I've got so much to update you on, including a little bit more about that position. I can't really disclose that much yet. Um, but also, I wanted to, th- to make today's podcast all about uh, the story behind how I actually became very resilient as a person, especially in this very competitive tech industry uh, that is male-dominated and how I have actually use that to my advantage rather than being intimidated by that. So yeah, I hope you enjoy today's podcast. And if you're listening to this on Google Music or iTunes podcasts, then please, please leave me a review and give me a rating as that feedback is really helpful and I appreciate that. Also, go and share it on your social medias if you like the the episode. And the more people that know about the lit period, the better. Some good news is for you guys that actually own an Apple HomePod is that you can actually ask Siri to play the podcast, The Lid Period, that is the command, and it will play for you guys. I'm in the process of reviewing, well, I'm in the review with Amazon for the Alexa skill for The Lid Period podcast there. So if you have an Alexa skill, uh, you'll be able to say, Alexa, what is my flash briefing? And when it tells you a little bit about the news, it'll give you the updates on the latest episode there as well. So that's Alexa and the HomePod sorted. Google Assistant, I haven't yet made a start on, but I will make it available because I am actually an owner of a Google Home Mini. So I know a lot of people have went out and they got them for Christmas. So I want to make the podcast available in as many places as possible. I am pushing to get it on Spotify. Hall Hang's team podcast has been confirmed by Spotify, which is great because it means that we get to engage with a younger audience and all those students who love listening to Spotify. We've also made some tailored playlists, as I mentioned, um, that we're working on and we're trying to get more DJs in the loop as well to team up and collaborate and create really good playlists for the end students. Uh, but yeah, those are also on our Spotify as well. So make sure you check out Hall Hang Spotify. When it is available on Spotify, I will let you know because I know a lot of you guys spend a lot of time inside that app too. Okay, great. So let's get into today's podcast. As I mentioned previously that I really want to talk about the story of how I became resilient and the whole kind of highs and lows behind that and the self-discovery of it all together. So I want to start off with the main point of This is something I discovered, uh, and a lot of the older generation will have discovered this. It might be in different industries, it might be in the tech industry itself. Um, It's just a fact of life, I think. But because I was so young starting off in the tech industry when I was 15, I'm now 19, for those of you who don't know. um, It's been four years, four and a half years really, of solid graft. And through that, I've learned that Learning that, I'd say, I'm going to say the, the main point is that not everyone is out to help you or is going to help you. And I, 
I mean this in the most brutal way because I've discovered this in the most brutal way in many circumstances. Not everyone is a good person, as bad as that sounds, but it's, it's, it's a fact of life. And some people don't believe in the whole, um, the saying where if you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. In other words, you know, let's help each other equally. And, you know, it's, it's a good partnership. A lot of people don't believe in that. And throughout the process of being in the tech industry, I've had so many meetings I cannot even count where I've met up with people. They wanted me to speak at their events or come in and speak to people in their company or even help them find the co-founder for their idea and make it an MVP, taking it to the next stage. And I've had nothing in return. And it's learned me one thing that um, in regards to valuing your time, which I'll touch on soon, and how to deal with the kind of going into meetings and not having an expectation of getting something in return. I don't know if it's because I hadn't fully matured, but I, I, when I first started off, I was just overly excited. I wanted to tell the world about my first product, FitFlash, my first app. I wanted everyone to help me, whoever I could help, I would, whatever it was, uh, where I could use my expertise there. But I learned that it's just not that way. But that doesn't mean that you go into every meeting feeling negative or a networking event or you, you send that message on LinkedIn and you feel like ultimately it's going to end in a bad way. It means that you've just got to be more positive. You've just got to deal with things as they come and go, not to expect much from someone. But if you know what, if it turns around and they give you so much value, then that's great. You know that you can go and work with that person again or full time. So that's my main, my main point I'm going to start this off on, that it's very important to understand that when you're starting off, um, or I don't know if you've just resigned from your job and you're going to start your, your startup in a completely different industry altogether, just be aware that not everyone is going to help you, that's perfectly fine, you need to learn to become resilient and over time that will happen, sometimes you just want to cry, I understand that when you come out of a meeting and you had really high expectations. But if you go in and you think, you know what, I'm going to tell my part, let's listen to the other person's story and what they may need help with, and just give your value. I've always been a believer that actions obviously speak louder than words, as the saying goes. And I'm a person that executes, gets things done, shows proof of concept. And that's how I have built my trust and contacts and partnerships in business the past four and a half years. So keep that in mind. As I move on to the second point, um, it's kind of going to, they're all going to relate and run into one another, but you'll see where I'm going with it. So I hope that you're enjoying it so far, guys. Okay, so my second point is going to be how I discovered basically how ruthless the tech industry is altogether. And that kind of ties in with the whole hiring and firing of people. And if you take a look at your LinkedIn or wherever you have all your business connections on platform-wise, one minute someone's like, yes, just got a job, it's 60k a year, I get a share incentive here. And really, six months later, that person pops up and says, do you know any jobs? Could you introduce me to anyone? So it's kind of like the highs and lows of the tech industry is, sadly, for those who approach you the, the 35 to 40 up, is that you're very easily replaced. Um, 
And my kind of outlook on this is to research and be fully aware of what is happening in the industry. To me, someone who has built apps for the past four and a half years, that does not mean burying my head in the sand and only being focused and interested in mobile. Mobile might have another five years, really, before it becomes truly, well and truly saturated. Um, so to me now, it's about making the most of this period where we think Hall Hang's got the most time to shine within the whole time scale of mobile and seeing what other ways and what other parts of tech we can merge into, whether that be voice, um, because we know voice is going to be huge and here I am on a podcast, um, whether that be um, automation, AI, VR, AR, these are all emerging technologies. Yet yeah, they've been in development for years and years and years, but now they're becoming mainstream. And really the next five to 10 years is about measuring how effective, how effective these have been. Um, and really, what's the next 10 years on that? How, how can we go further into these technologies and as they evolve and as more people use them, how, how's the consumer going to use these technologies and really learning and understanding about that because I meet so many people who are fixated on one part of the industry um, and then you know they kind of bury their head in the sand and they're not open to the new parts that are getting considerable amounts of investment as you if you're a person who reads TechCrunch every day or Crunchbase every day you will see the amount of money that these startups, whether the AI, the fintech, um, Alexa Voice, you know, Amazon themselves have got a hundred million fund where they're actually paying out to developers who create really good Alexa skills. So we are in a fantastic, fantastic um, part of the tech industry in regards to the timeline. And I think it's time for people to use that to their advantage and discovering how ruthless it can be. Obviously, we hear so much in the news about women in tech, how it's male-dominated. Recently in the UK, it's been how to close the gender, the pay gap. Um, but I think it's going to be a long time before things do have a significant change, personally. I'm not a, I am a woman in tech, but I'm not a woman in tech who campaigns about women in tech. Um, and I say this because... Sometimes people get so caught up in campaigning and trying to push and push and push that they actually aren't delivering on their job. So, for example, I'll just make this hypothetical person up. You have Jenny. Jenny might be a full-stack developer and she's campaigning how about in her workspace, you know, um, to every woman, there might be 20 men. She works for a large corporate-scale company. And... She decides that she's going to take matters into her own hands, which is great. She's going to speak out about it, which I think is fantastic. But she spends that much time on doing that. Her actual value to her job decreases. And that gives the males around her in the workplace a chance to say, well, actually, this is why we don't have many women in tech. So to me, it's all about proving people wrong. That's always been my mission is proving people wrong. Okay, that doesn't pull off. What can I do here, here and here? To show that person that they should have done business with me. Um, so if I was Jenny, I would spend more time working and producing fantastic value, up my salary, then speaking out about it, telling other people, yeah, 
girls, fantastic, let's speak out about the, the tech industry because we're all developers, but also let's produce fantastic work that actually competes with the male work in the workplace and showing your value that way. Because sometimes for a boss who has a woman who goes out and campaigns and campaigns and campaigns, most bosses think, well, what's she doing? I'm paying her a salary. And she's spending so much time campaigning about this. I know it's a subject close to heart, but I'm someone that believes in delivering. So that's my personal opinion. Feel free to have your own opinions. Some people might have dropped out and resigned from their positions as employees of Facebook or Uber or anything where we know these things happen with the between genders. But my, my personal opinion is that you should over-deliver, show your value, and then speak out about it on a much bigger platform between those on the higher, the higher salary to, to really amplify your message. Um, if you're someone just starting off in the tech industry, I wouldn't advise you, um, if, you know, if you're on 25 grand a year and you're a web developer and you're a woman, I wouldn't advise you to spend more time speaking out about it than working because you're just defeating the object. So it's really about finding the balance. But I do encourage people to, to speak out about it. I just want to make that clear. I'm not telling any women who listen to this podcast not to speak out about the gender gap in the tech industry at all. Full disclosure. Um, so moving on to another thing that I discovered throughout this journey up until now is it's kind of a personal discovery here. This is the fact that I've always been a tomboy. Some of you may or may not know who listens to this podcast that I am a gay woman. Um, and I've been out for the past three years. So, lucky enough, I came from a family that accepted it, um, which makes me very fortunate compared to those who haven't been as fortunate and their families haven't really accepted them as well as mine have. So, I'm hugely grateful for that. Um, but because, I'm not saying this because I'm gay, but I've always been this homeboy and all my friends have always been male. All my co-founders, um, people who I've worked with have always been male, not just because it's tech, it's just, I think, I think I, you know, my mum used to go into the nursery when I was younger and I used to be in the corner playing with all the boys and it was always that way all my life. I just feel more comfortable around boys I could speak about the same subjects, whether it's cars, whether it's workouts, whether it's girls in some cases. Um, and I can just really resonate. So kind of for me, I'm not a girly girl. So I don't feel intimidated walking into a meeting where it's 10 men around a table or speaking at an event where it might be 40, 50 men in the audience and there might be five women. Um, and that's just because of how I've been brought up. Um, my family is very entrepreneurial. My dad is a successful entrepreneur himself. So I've always been brought up with strong men who want strong women. Um, and I think that's important. I think that's very important in order um, to output value in business. I think you have got to have a mix of genders. Um, but for me, the opposite gender is, is sometimes easier than other women to get along with. I don't know about you, any any men who are listening or any women, you know, what are, what are your experiences with women in the workplace? Are they hard work? Um, you know, we know naturally women, are bitchiness and jealousy between women. Um, I think com being competitive is, is a great thing. 
obviously you can go to the extreme with it but um yeah I find I find men no problem to be around so I've learned to take that and use it to my advantage and I know how to control a room I know how to speak to men I know when to put my foot down um and it's interesting because I was watching a documentary the other day about Karen Brady, who actually is the owner of West Ham football team. If you don't know of West Ham, it's a UK football team for anyone listening outside of the UK. And Karen is a very... Um, she reminds me of me, really, in the, in the aspects of dominating. She doesn't really care who enters the room. Um, she's just there to execute and bring value and generate value on the other end. And she was talking about how women are scared to speak up about a pay rise um, and how they approach that matter and that conversation with their boss. And to me, I was watching, I was thinking, why do women find this such a hard thing? And this is something that I think I'm going to touch on in another podcast, another episode. Um, but yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see men as intimidating or dominating. Um, and sometimes... I've worked with people who've, who've said to me, males who've said to me, Lydia, your energy, your vibes, they are so overwhelming. They're not overpowering, they're overwhelming due to the amount of energy and output I can produce. Um, so certainly I don't believe that men can output more than women. Um, I just think a lot of things happen in the lifetime of a woman, having children, body changes, hormones, all these factors that sometimes do have a knock-on effect on their career. And I think it's about after having family settling down, you know, getting that motivation, getting back out the door and being as fierce as you were when you were 20 or 25. I think that's really important. Um, so another thing that I found out and I discovered quite early was knowing my value. Um, the amount of times I've sat in meetings and met people who are so egoish, it's unreal. I still do. Um, but I just have to tell them straight because I just can't be around it. Um, and it's about knowing your value but not being arrogant or cocky with it. I'm a believer that, obviously, I've said actions speak louder than words. Over-delivering, you know, um, I think that's part of Apple's motto, really, um, is, is creating user experiences and products that over-deliver and pushing that mark and the same at Google. Um, and for me... I think knowing my value and my strengths and my weaknesses, I'm playing to those. You know, I can openly say there's millions of better programmers out there in the world than me. Um, I can openly say that there's people who've been in the industry longer than me. Um, what I can openly say is that I'll outwork anyone in the room and I'll be the hardest worker in the room. So whether that's in branding, whether that's in UI, user, user experience whether that's um, building an ambassador team, taking a product to market, managing marketing, UI, and development at once, managing people, building teams, getting the best out of people, all those things I've really learned and established and found out that that's my value. And that's something that um, I continue to do. I continue to grow my value. Like I've previously mentioned, the hiring and firing and the ruthless of the tech industry, I've learned that, you know, if, if you use it, those of you who don't know me on a personal level, my day consists of working on Hall Hang, working on a new company um, that I've been brought into called Amplify, which I'll talk about later. 
working out in the gym because I've got to get that in to be mentally and physically well. Um, taking time to myself, reading, listening podcasts, listening to podcasts, audio books, uh, reading medium posts in, in bed of a night, speaking, networking. Um, it, then I'll be looking at emerging technology. So I might build a website one night. The next I might focus on okay, what do I need to do to learn how to build an Alexa skill like the other day. Um, but yeah, I'm fully switched on in the industry and I don't really need that much sleep as a person. So knowing my value and growing my value is my main um, point of focus really and making that clear when I come into a meeting. But as I say, not in an arrogant way. There's lots of people that you meet who just want to tell you your value straight away and they're very self-centered and come across quite selfish and to me, they're red flag warning signs when you sit with someone. Um, I sit with many high profile, high net worth people now, especially when down in London. Um, and these are people who have exited companies. That the founder that I work closely with now on Amplify, um, you know, he's sold a twenty five, he sold a forty five million, and a sixty four million. People around this table uh, are looking for the next billion dollar valuation. They're not looking for a hundred million anymore. Um, people have been chairmen, you know, been involved with companies like My Protein, Grays, uh, Facebook, Snapchat, really high profile, educated. Some of them are self-taught. I don't always believe the best talent comes from universities, as you know. Fantastic people who aren't arrogant, and no matter what gender or age you are in the room, they really listen to what value you've got, which I think is fantastic. So to me, when you meet someone who might be on 25 or 25 to 45,000 and they're very self-centered in the meeting and you can't get across the points that you originally set out to do so, then that's a red flag because if a guy can listen to you who's sold companies for hundreds of millions and that person can't, then there's obviously a personality issue there that me personally, I wouldn't like to work with on a higher level. Um... So that's kind of my main points of what I've learned. I've learned that not everyone's going to help you and that's fine and learning to become resilient with that. I've learned how ruthless the tech industry is from the high and the firing and, you know, the, the highs and lows of it all, really. And learning to use my past, my background, my personality traits to my advantage in a male-dominated workplace and learning and growing my value and understanding what I can bring to a product or a service or a team to take that to the next stage and not just plateauing, really taking it and continuing to grow that value. I believe that I'm 19 and I've got a good few years in front of me and I'm going to use those years to my advantage. The past four years, four and a half years, I've really used to my advantage. I haven't really had a social life I spent so much time burning my eyes out on screens, testing, trialing, A-B testing products, redesigning, working with different types of developers, understanding people's personality traits and using those to my advantage. And really, it's been a really big learning curve, but it's one that's going to continue to grow. And hopefully, as I produce more and more episodes on the podcast, you guys will be able to see me grow as a person, which I think is fantastic. And as some of you have already reached out to me through email, through my Instagram and Twitter, some of you are really enjoying the podcast, which is fantastic. Um, it's about 
helping you grow in any way that I can, whether you want advice on uh, an idea you've got, an app that you've got, a website, any type of platform. You know, it could be from technology, push notifications side of things, referral programs, growth hacking, you name it. Um, I want to help and I want to give my value. I believe that no one is ever too busy. Um, there's 24 hours in the day and it's about making most of those hours that we're given and we should be thankful that we have them. Um, but just to talk briefly about uh, Amplify. Amplify is an artificial intelligence startup. I know that's a huge buzzword. Um, but it was through a family friend that I got introduced to actually as an investor in it, um, to the founder. He was really looking for someone young who's done apps, who's done consumer, who's had a good shot at it, done different genres of apps from fitness. Well, if you look at it, I've done fitness, I've done social, and I'm now on events. So I've done three different categories of apps, really, lifestyle and hospitality. Um, and really looking at the product and working with the designers and the marketers and the developers on everything from brand to user interface to growth uh, to functionality features, roadmaps. My position there is product specialist, which is, I think, uh, a fantastic role that gives me, um, gives me the opportunity to really prove and continue to grow my value and slowly go up the ranks, really. But I think starting off as a product specialist for a company that has got a fantastic team, people from all different walks of life, from athletes on its board of investors, and with a considerable amount of funding and partnerships are absolutely amazing at the table to have that opportunity and take advantage of that. So I definitely wouldn't say no. For those of you guys who are thinking, how is Lydia going to manage that and whole hang? It's very simple. Um, I work remotely right now and I commute to London twice a week. Um, so Damien, my founder, he's actually my mentor as well. We work very closely. We're continuing continuously in a loop, a feedback loop. And Damien knows that I've got an app and you know he's helped me out with mentoring and certain parts of that. So it's really a, a great partnership going forward and it's not one where it's all one-sided. And like I said previously, um, you know, it's not one of those things where I'm not going to get help here. Um, I have a, a fantastic team of mentors on a higher level who I can speak to. Um, and yeah, I think there's so much opportunity for growth. So with that said, I'd love to hear your personal stories on how um, you've be became resilient or how you're finding it hard to grow a hard skin um, and issues that keep on popping up. And maybe that's trying to find a co-founder, maybe it's um, trying to get funding, whatever it is, I'd really like to hear about what you're currently struggling with. If there's anywhere that I can help, then please reach out and do so. My personal email is lydia at wholehang.com. That should be on my bio on Anchor. You can get it off my actual Instagram, the lid period, the same um, URL as the, this podcast. And reach out to me, let me know. I'd love to hear the stories, really, because I love listening to people and seeing what their experience has been like and seeing if I can relate in any way. And if I can't relate, it kind of teaches me a lesson of listening to how someone else has um, coped with a certain situation that may have arose. So going forward, I hope that you've listened to the podcast. Please, please, please 
like, share, rate me on iTunes, give me a review, send any feedback to my Lydia at Hallhung email, direct message me, I've had a few people direct message me on Instagram, the lid period. I'm going to change my Medium blog um, name from Lydia official to the lid period, so everywhere is the same, so you guys find it easier to discover me and follow me on other platforms. So I hope that you've enjoyed, please go and share, and I know it's Wednesday, and what is the hashtag? I think it's Wednesday Wisdom. Um, my Wednesday Wisdom really to you is taking advantage of the opportunities around you and learning to say no to those that don't produce value. So with that said, thank you guys. Thank you.